Peter Schrager, what do you think? Should we record an episode of Entitled Town this week? Come on. Let's go. Say this to me. Let's go. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yashramski booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. A big thank you to Al and the orchestra. Welcome back to an eagerly anticipated version of Entitled Town. My name is Mike Irons. I'm here with Scartsy, Media Mike, Dan, and Weekend Shack. Uh, let's talk about it there, Dan. Uh, Buffalo went into Gillette last Thursday night and absolutely whomped the Patriots. The score was 24 to 10. If you watched it, you knew that the Bills had the Patriots on a yo-yo the entire time. The Bills outclassed the Patriots, and it's it's not close right now, which is really disheartening. Use the exact words I was going to say. They were completely outclassed. They are simply not as good a team as the Bills right now. Uh, I think the most disheartening thing was watching the Bills control the line of scrimmage uh, on both ways, but just seeing those running backs just eat up chunks of six-yard gains it it was too much they they can't they can't win in those in instances agreed uh scarts what was the sense in mortgage-free western mass uh, again disheartening uh outclassed dumb football team not well particularly well coached on offense which is something else that we'll get to uh, well, uh but they're just not like, there uh, oh yeah well like uh like uh kurt schilling said about uh Saving Private Ryan. I liked the first 10 minutes, right. <laughs> but that was about it. They, uh, they held Buffalo to a field goal and then there was a Marcus Jones touchdown and then, and then things went bad. So, but, uh, it, it, like you say, the, there was not, uh, the final score did not uh, indicate, uh, how, how much, uh, Buffalo was in control of the entire game, uh, you know, disheartening uh, all the, all the, all the negatives fit that game mike mike where are we at on the offense at this point i mean the patricia thing may not be working out not for the reasons the media thinks that it's not working out is it, the offensive line is clearly an issue they had to start Connor mcdermott at right tackle basically kind of pseudo off the street a little bit wins hurt brown's not right uh it the offensive line's a shit show uh they're still six and six they have tiebreakers over the jets all is not lost but you know if you say that you're encouraged, you know, we're fans, you know, we're, we're hoping for good things. I think they're going to score a lot of points in Arizona on Monday night. Cause that's the honk and the Bobo and me speaking, but you know, what'd you take away from uh, the, the game at Gillette last week? I, I, I don't think it's, well, you know, I, I was kind of, I, I've been down the last two for the last two games. Um, I, I'm going to take a counter to that going into to Arizona, but I thought um, I thought the defense was fine, really, other than those two. But I think they're a bit stressed given uh, being on the field uh, like that. So I thought they were fine, yep. though, other than those two back-to-back drives, um, straddling the first first and second quarter. There. And it was probably strategic, right? They're not giving up big plays intentionally. Yeah, and you know they they held Allen to you know under his uh, season average in, in yards per attempt by a good amount, maybe a half yard or so. Um, and so I thought they, they were okay. And, and, but Buffalo did a good job of, uh, 
of taking what was there and that was running the ball and um and, and cook ran the ball well um and you know but they did good i thought they, they defended uh allen you know as good as you can other than you know uh miles bryant being absolutely fucking stone-footed on that throwback and like acting like it was a an impossibility that he would throw the ball um, on the sideline there they but, had the pylons covered for sure though yeah offensively i just I, there are four I, guys I, on the pylons good for them yeah yeah four guys four downs like 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 that's gonna tell you they're missing Mm-hmm. I, I know we're going to talk about Patricia in a minute, but offensively, the idea that it's I, I just they can't run the ball. They're constantly, um, you know, constantly behind the sticks. And that's what it comes down to. You know, Mac has, has year over year, I think, um, kind of been flat in his in, in the in the absolute kind of output from an output standpoint. So I, I just I don't I don't see it being about anything other than their inability to to establish the run. And put themselves in positive um, situations. I know maybe we're going to talk about Warren Sharp later, <laughs> and he has some thoughts on that. But yeah, it's just it's I, I I don't see it being about anything other than. But you know, if you want to talk about one maybe specific thing other than not being able to run it, I, there are guys with with Myers being banged up pretty pretty significantly. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of guys that can win. That's, uh, just win that's straight up. So that that's that's where I'm at. I gotta Check. say, I was I was legitimately surprised to see a see a Patriots receiver on the sidelines on the other side of the uh, the first down marker, as opposed yeah. to you know being a yard short. He was a yard on the other side, and I I didn't even know they could do that. Did not compute. Mm-hmm. Check the weekend guys a little bit less modeling than say Dan and I stumbling around San Diego with a quart of milk, making fart noises with our mouths. The weekend guys took a decidedly more positive tact. Uh, Bill, yourself, uh, after the game, where are you at? Uh, where are you at with this with the the Patriots right now? Oh, you know, I think that I, I'm. I, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I think I might be. I I felt better about this game than the previous game versus the Vikings because that was just a. And I don't want to use a fissy term, ugh, but I'm, I'm going to say gut punch. The Vikings game was just. It, it, like so many things went wrong in that game. They gave it, the fucking game the Bills away. game. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it was it was winnable. This game, after the first ten minutes, like Scorsese said, they were out of it. So, you know, there, there, there's there's stuff that you can definitely pinpoint to this game that is some serious issues with the team, you know, offensive line, you know, everybody's debating the play calling. And you know what, Uh, to me, I I know we'll talk about it later, but you know, this is an experiment. Experiments sometimes don't go right. And, you know, it's like, you know, what the David Letterman morning show, you know, that didn't work out. So just, this is the same (laughs) thing. So I, I, that's, that's the way I feel. I I think that next, this week is a, is a good, get right game but it's i felt better (laughs) losing like this than the last week versus the vikings my my personal feeling is that both ways of losing sucks in each case but oh yeah your mileage may vary that's it's hey you feel how you feel dan where where are you at with the patricia judge thing on the offensive side of the ball you know we've we've given them the benefit of the doubt for this long and I'm going to use an analogy here um, back to 2001, you know, back when Brady came in and there was all these excuses for Bledsoe back prior to 2001, all the late nineties excuses. Oh, you're baiting me. His, 
his receivers aren't good enough. His backs aren't good enough. He's had four offensive coordinators in five years or whatever the number was. And it wasn't until we saw Brady winning with the parts that everybody thought weren't good enough for Bledsoe that we finally, everybody started to realize that Bledsoe was the problem. So I don't want to make the same mistake with Patricia. I don't want to look at it and say, well, you know, look at the offensive line. That's, you know, that's, that's the reason everything's going bad. I mean, it's a complimentary game, but there's a certain point where we start seeing that that team is not tight. They're not disciplined. There's still a lot of stupid penalties. Uh, a couple of times that it has been pointing, pointed out pretty clearly that uh, uh, Parker wasn't on the same page with Mac and knowing what the play was, you know, let's say he's at the line with his hands up saying, what's what, what are we doing? Um, the, the hallmark of a Belichick team was, that it was playing its best ball by December. And that's not true this year. And it wasn't true last year. So. That's a great point, Dan. I, I certainly agree with that. Scarzi, are you getting any 2002 slash 2009 dickhead vibes with Monty Beisel, Joey Galloway, Sean Springs, Adelis Thomas uh, with any of the, with any of this edition of the Patriots or have they just dumb? It's, it's, it's a Frankenstein monster stitched together of all the you know all the bad teams in the past of the you know i can't get these guys to play for me kind of situations it it the 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 idiotic penalties that puts them into third and forever things like that the special teams mistakes that we saw it's just not uh it's not patriots football and that's uh that's frustrating as a fan a hundred percent agree. Mike, uh, where are you at with Patricia, the play calling versus the offensive line? I think it's, it's just been a very, the year has been, you know, injuries, offensive line shuffling. There's a lot of moving parts, but they just haven't been able to work through it as well as one would hope. Uh, first, I think penalties are, are not good. I'll say that, but I will also say I don't necessarily see I, I think the penalties look bad because they haven't been playing good football. Um, and in, in general, not, not just on the penalties. So the penalties are worse. So we kind of backwards um, retrofit it into being other oh, dumb football team. You know, the 2014 team was, you know, top what three in the league in, in penalties. Uh, the 2019 team was super disciplined when it came to penalties. So I, I think that kind of, search for meaning from the human brain is something that um, I do and we all do. So I, I don't think it's about them being a stupid football team. I think it's, they're just not very good right now. Um, so I kind of, you know, you don't want to do penalties and, 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 and bad teams make, you know, possibly have a lot of penalties, but you know, I think the Atlanta Falcons are really like not heavily penalized right now. So I, I don't know that that means anything. Um, I, I think as far as Patricia goes, Look, I was a I was a I was an O'Brien guy coming out of the the last season. Um, as far as who who the play caller should be, if you want to tell me he'd be an upgrade, I absolutely I believe I believe that. Um, I just I don't see you know. Look, if I see that um, pump fake right spin around um, to screen to to yeah. pump fake left um, spin around to the right for a loss of negative four in the, in the screen game. I, I'll fucking blow my brain. I'll Joe bird toothbrush it. I'm happy, happy 66 to Larry, by the way. But, um, no, I, I, I just, I don't, 
that's just me like being not knowing I'm looking at being like that place sucks and it doesn't work, but and then it works sometimes. So who, who the fuck knows? So um, look, ultimately it's a production-based business as, as, as Dan said, you know, it, it's a bottom line business. So, you know, would, is Bill Belichick going to make a change? Um, you know, I, we did hear throughout the off season, I think at points and maybe in the early season that, you know, this was like a placeholder thing and it was not a permanent thing. And, you know, I, I don't, That's right. some of those, and it was, it was stated in a way that it would, didn't feel like as much, not speculation, but actually like things that had been mentioned um, to, to people. So I, I don't know how much credibility I put in that. So yeah, I could absolutely see them making a change, but I don't think, I think if they ran the ball like they did last year um, on early downs, I think it would be, it would look a lot different. So, but again, it's, it's, it's a, it's a production business. Complete non sequitur. Dan, uh, what did, how did Field Yates, uh, belated happy birthday to Larry Legend, obviously. What did Field Yates refer to a Larry Bird as yesterday? Yeah. Um, he, he said the left-hander from French Lick, you know, like, but like that was, the, <laughs> like that was the nickname. Did he you know, only that, watch the game in Portland in 86? <laughs> Is that what that was? Oh God. Yeah. You know, the Hick, the Hick from Indiana state, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the Hick from uh, the, the Hoosier Hick rather than the Hick from French Lick. Uh, it's time to play uh, New England's favorite game show. It's uh, it's sponsored by the cars. You might think. Available on Candio. I can't remember the name of the album, but uh, let's get into Burt Breer, the king of I think. So here's Burt Breer talking about, as Mike just brought up, Bill O'Brien coming back to New England. What are the odds that Bill O'Brien is running the Patriots offense in 2023? I think Billy's interested. Um, I do. I think he's interested in coming back to the NFL. I think he's interested in, you know, potentially coming back here. He's got a relationship with Mac Jones. I think the idea of going back to the NFL appeals to him. I still think, like, a lot of the heavy lifting is going to have to be done by Belichick and Saban. Because I don't think O'Brien's going to raise his hand and say, oh, hey, look at me over here. You know, I want to go there. Please, please, please deliver me back to New England. Like, I don't think he'll do that. I think that those guys would have to facilitate it. And I think if they don't facilitate it, then I think Bill could... Bill O'Brien could wind up um, somewhere else in the NFL because I do think he's got a real interest going back to the league in general, not just the Patriots. That's what are some the odds? serious deep insight, Dan. I know I'm we're all son. speechless. <laughs> well, he doesn't have anything. So I wonder what he thinks. <laughs> He's had alternately Bill O'Brien going to Nebraska, returning to New England, and uh, being in Dallas on the grassy knoll in November of 63. Uh, Shaq, is, is Burt Breer, I mean, it, it's neck and neck between uh, Volan, we'll get to Volan, Breer, and Bedard on who's the most useless in a completely useless industry. I mean, that's that's just remarkable. There's no reporting. It's just, that's the asshole on a bar stool next to you in Dorchester who has no fucking idea he's talking out his his ass and, and he gets paid for this I mean, thank he is might be he's the modern day upton thanks dad 2.0 mike get your uh get your uh, bell button ready because uh peter king 
is going to be the king of, I think, in this one. So he, he came out with a article from his Football Morning in America. And the way I found this article was from NewJersey.com. So that, just consider that for us. But uh, he, here in this article, here he goes. He says, I think I started to wonder, and I've emphasized started, whether Bill Belichick, who needs 21 wins to break Don Shula's all-time record for coaching victories, will get them in New England. Series of I thinks will explain why. I think I got a great text Thursday night in the midst of a Buffalo-New England game from a smart veteran NFL scout. The text, watching Mac Jones and Josh Allen throw in the same game isn't good for Mac Jones. I swear, 30 seconds later, Allen running to his right, throw a perfect strike 58 yards into the air, into the end zone for what momentarily was a touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs. It got called back. But the collective difference between the passes and the four meetings between Allen and Jones is stark. I think that game Thursday night said this to me. The Bills have to come to New England with the Patriots were to Buffalo for two decades. Not to put Josh Allen on a Tom Brady trajectory, but just in terms of football, the gap between Allen and Jones is worrisome for New England, and the talent gap between the depth of the Brandon Bean Bills and the Bill Belichick Patriots is big. That gap has led to the Bills winning the last three games in the series by an average of 19 points. Blah, 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 blah. And then the last thing is, I think Robert Kraft, who is 81 and will enter his 30th year of Patriots ownership in 2023, is not in this to rebuild deliberately. He has to be looking at the dung show on the Patriots offensive staff and wondering why Belichick left the offense so wanting this year. Anyway, I can't see anything weird happening this year, but I have my antenna up about the Patriots for 2023. A whole bunch of shit. <laughs> those, Basically what that is. Those are just words. Peter King. Peter King's irrelevant. He's he's been a, a joke, a water carrying joke for several decades. Um, and Bert Breer, Mike is, I think, that Bert Breer is following in Peter King's footsteps. Uh, it's it's appropriate that he ha- has that space now in the, uh, it, he his. Uh, it's just bizarre that that if uh, if Bill and Say, you know, Bill O'Brien is a totally, he, he's not an adult man who can't handle his own business, which is an interesting take, but whatever. Uh, doesn't strike me as a shrinking violet ever, really. Uh, but okay, so if if Bill and Saban don't have a conversation about it, facilitating his return to New England, then then he's going to end up some, somehow end up somewhere else. So is Saban having a conversation <laughs> with those other coaches? It fucking just doesn't make any sense. He's great. I love Bert. You know, I actually agree with you. I mean, he is a, we want content, Scartsy, right? Bert Breer, I mean, we're we're getting, what's this, three out of the last four podcasts we've done, we've gotten material, comedic material from Bert Breer. The the man is an underrated comedic genius. He does have that going for him. Which uh, is nice. Oh, sure. And, Everyone, everyone knows that uh, Peter King is absolutely a uh, persona non grata with Belichick for, mm-hmm. you know, he's for, in Tom know, Jacksonville for sure. Oh, oh, he is. He is, you know, he's renting an entire, you know, office complex there. It's <laughs> it, 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 it is what it is to uh, to borrow that deathless phrase. Agreed. Uh, I want to I want to pivot to go to another mediate, another elite mediate who hasn't had his Twitter account for a week because he clicked on, uh, I think he tried to send money to a Nigerian prince who did not like Bill Belichick. Uh, it's the inimitable mittens losing dullard Ben Volen. And, you know, one of the mantras of the show is never vouch. Well, here is 
the despicable California Bill Simmons vouching for the mittens losing dullard. I like your team here. There was a good piece uh, in the Boston Globe about the Pats. I think Ben Volan wrote it about how the Pats went against something that they never did for 20 years was they went for quick fix shit with that free agency spend from two years ago when they splurged right. on all those receivers and tight ends. And now we, we throw for five yards of pass, but like it was Belichick, like the pandemic, he kind of lost it. We went mm -hmm. down this weird direction and now we have this weird team that doesn't make sense with slow linebackers. And, um, I don't know. They're 16 and 13 since uh, the seven and nine reset season, Dan. I don't think anyone has fallen further from his ideological core than Simmons did. Simmons made his bones bitching against the globe, the terrible media coverage, WEEI, and now he's vouching for Ben Volan. Is there any way that he could be more out of touch with what's happening uh, in the Boston sports scene and in the Boston media? Yeah, it's like what we said a few few weeks ago um, when we didn't have him as part of our list for Boston's. He doesn't feel like a Boston guy anymore. Right. You know, and how low can you go then to vouch for Ben, something Ben Volan said? Mike, what do you think? What do you think with every Elon laying off everyone in sight over at Twitter, they had they're cutting it down to the, the bare bones. I mean, on a scale of one to 10, would Volan from the national NFL writer for the Boston Globe losing his Twitter account because he he clicked on a spam link. I mean that that's a that's that's a thirteen. Yeah, he prob Ben probably had the uh, I don't know maybe his password is in 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 the salad crisper or something like that. I don't know, but <laughs> he uh, fat joke. Um, he uh, he's I, it's very appropriate that this is how he's how he's. <laughs> in, in isolation it's really great i'm enjoying the hell out of it um it's pretty funny every i just like going to his page like a few times a day and i know it's not going to be fixed and it's just a, a joy every time and it's like uh, anime links right yeah yeah like i don't know it's some like weird like crypto anime shit that i don't i don't understand so uh, it's really um it's really fun to see that but uh oh speaking of the so simmons I, i'm of the mind that simmons never he didn't hate them because they were negative and jerks. He hated them because he couldn't be them. And he had to take this other path. And, um, you know, it was just another hard. guy hating the media, wanting to be in the media. Right. right just like us. Yes. Right, just like right. us. So I, speaking of the globe, though, I didn't know. I saw a Bob Holler reference in some somewhere today. And I didn't realize until just before we started uh, hopping on here that Holler yeah. actually did write a column about the. Uh, to all the dead 2001 Patriots. I'm like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like they just, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's like, you couldn't, you couldn't tell me that. Like, if you told me like that, that's what was going to come out. Like the day that the Red Sox shit the bed in free agency. I think, no, I don't, I don't come on. It's yeah, not, but, that's too on the nose, but, but here the, we the are. thing about yeah. the article five is minutes, right, right from the right. Another five minutes on that. It's not, not believable enough <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. for the storyline. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing about the article is that it's not like they died of something related back to being Patriots or, you know, I thought it was going to be like a concussion thing or, or extreme or, exposure to arrogance. Right. Like two of them died from car accidents and one died from a bicycle accident. Two other guys died of cancer. So it's not like, you know, 2001, when it look at what happened, them winning the Super Bowl in 2001, look at the ill effects it had on these seven guys. Scarzi, are you blocked by Bob Holler? 
It's hard to say. I'd have to go and find him. Well, I'm just going to assume you're not. Will you ask Bob Holler how many people have died on the Iroquois just for me? <laughs> uh, consider it done. Consider it done. And I'm sure there's going to be a you know follow-up in three years going over what happened to the uh, 2004 Red Sox. If, you know, <laughs> heaven forfend anything happened to those, uh, to those yeah, princes among men. Yeah, let's but, make sure Kurt oh, Schilling stays in bubble and, wrap. And it's, and it's not just about deaths. I, I actually read the article. It talks about how, you know, people are, you know, football players are apparently bad with money. <laughs> yeah. They, they interview, guess who, Jermaine Wiggins yeah. and Ted Johnson. Right. Both, both men strike me as, you know, two of our great... Uh, <laughs> Great investors. So I'm Great sure. thinkers, captains of industry, for sure. Apparently apparently, the Patriots are the only team in the NFL that has this problem also. There's some, you know, throat-clearing uh, sentences in there saying that uh, the Patriots uh, are right in line with the rest of the league as people who have to uh, declare bankruptcy and, you know, lose their houses and so forth and so on. So it's 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 uh, Holer going and reviewing uh, – the Belichick family tree all over again. The all-pro Pittsburgh Steelers of the 70s living in their Dodge vans outside Three Rivers Stadium. That doesn't merit any talk at all. Shaq, we're, do you Shaq, do you listen to Off the Pike? Do you listen to Simmons' podcast at all? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's like an air pusher with the Off the am Pike. I, <laughs> yeah, I, you, know, have, you ever listen to this? <laughs> is, is, there, is there some sort of Just waterboarding scandal that I should be? <laughs> I, I am a, you know, John always... Uh, brother john always teased me i'm a fucking glutton for punishment i sent him clips of the off the pike the absolute fucking abortion that is off the pike uh, dan is simmons relevant to you at all other than when i'm rage ranting at you about him not at all no and I, I i actively avoid him i i uh for a while when he had the uh, the the rewatchables he'd uh for a while he was on some and not on some of those episodes. And I'd, I'd be like, I think I'll listen to one of the ones that Simmons is voice isn't on, but he's on everything now. Right. He, I'll tell you what he is. He is better than the other two on those shows. Oh. Steven Eady. That's it's, it's fucked. Yes. Yeah. That, that's how, that's how fucking bad those guys are. Mike, we've talked about doing an entitles towns rewatchables. What would your number one choice to be a uh, choice to dissect and analyze if we were to do a entitled town oh, rewatchable? All right. Cop Town's my pick, as you know, but yeah, I know you love that shit. Um, the Irishman, Irishman might be second. Oh God, uh, uh, we have to peel people. People, we you have to supply toothpicks to the audience to keep their eyes open. Uh, <laughs> and they'd be singing uh, in the still of the night. They'd be humming it for two weeks. They would, play that approximately forty times in that movie. Like, what movie do I have? Like the hot? I would do. I, I, like right now, it, it's Christmas time. I would do like a. I would do a solid like Christmas vacation. Like right now, I'm all in for like a Christmas vacation right now. I, I would do that. I, I'm, I'm in. There's just, there's, a, there's so many things I, I, I have takes on about it. I, I'm in for Christmas vacation like next week. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll in the dog days of the, uh, between uh, spring training and it all comes back to baseball, Danny, we'll, we'll do a Christmas we'll, podcast. We'll do, we'll do a podcast <laughs> mid February about Christmas. Yeah. Uh, timely and topical as always uh, on the podcast. Shaq. Uh, you and I, I think I don't think we see eye to eye in this. I think we have an honest disagreement over this. Uh, Xander Bogarts, exemplary Red Sox, a uh, member of two World Ch Series champions, goes to the Padres, 11 years, $280 million. He's 30 years old entering next season. He's getting an 11-year contract. 
he's making $280 million. Do the math. That's more than $25 million a year. Theo Epstein somewhere got a hard on when he saw the details of that contract. What were you, what's your feeling? They lost X. You know, I thought the writing was on the wall when they signed Trevor Story last year. But, you know, where are you at with Bogarts uh, leaving the Red Sox? I was saying to your brother, John, like I, 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 before initially I was a little off the wall, but now I'm, I'm indifferent because I expect, first of all, as the kids say, get the bag, Xander. I mean, he deserves that. And the Padres are just don't throw money out. Like it's like they're in a club somewhere. It's ridiculous how much money they were willing to throw at, at first of all, Aaron judge. And then now Xander, but I think for me, it's, it's just the, Maybe, maybe it, the problem is if if it wasn't a a thing with the Red Sox, I wouldn't feel as as I don't know down because now you had Mookie, but that that was a kind of an understandable thing because it was Los Angeles, and that's you, you can't you you can't uh, hold them down. But and then now the Padres, but it just it's like a, a path that's leading to almost possibly going to losing uh, Rafael Devers, and then. Now it's like, what do you, what do you, well, now what do you have? And so I understand about Xander. I understand the, the age thing and all of that. It's just for me, I, I hate that the path that it's seemingly leading to. Well, they were in the ALCS. They were six games away from winning the World Series uh, a year ago. So, I mean, listen, I, I do not start. See, I don't want to throw, listen, I'm no fan of the ownership of the Red Sox. They're, they're, I can't think of a more loathsome group. They hired Chaim Bloom to do exactly what they're doing. They want to be Tampa North. They want to build a sustainable, low-cost model that wins a lot of games and sells a lot of Fenway Franks. How did you feel when Bogarts uh, signed with the Padres? Like I said on the Twitter, hey, it's not my money they're not spending. So no, I'm on... And then I, I feel that people fetishize homegrown talent. And for that, I blame the Amen. Williams to Yastrzemski to Rice left field that uh, people, it's one of those things like uh, coaching trees that people really don't care about. I mean, did you not, uh, I was I supposed to not uh, enjoy Manny Ramirez because he came from Cleveland? Was I supposed to go? Oh no, this Ortiz guy. You know, he he came from the Twins. He's not really homegrown talent. Uh, Pedro so. Pedro wasn't drafted by Dan Duquette. Sadly, actually, I think he was. Now they now Dombrowski. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, you know, like he got his he got his bag. He got his flowers. He can put his flowers in the bag. Perhaps I'm you know not clear of all these terms. Even though we're we are pretty <laughs> with it. Do kids still say with it? Uh, but, uh, we're no, we're down, to, man. I'm, of course. And, you know, I'm going to, you know, probably pay to go see a Red Sox game and just anger everyone who wants uh, wants uh, everyone to just stop going to the game to make them uh, to teach the uh, big meanies there on the, on, you know, former Yawkey way a lesson. That's Jersey Street to you, pal. Mike, uh, you're kind of our reverse Shukri rights, uh, the Yankee <laughs> fan in general. How relieved were you in the family? that uh, Aaron Judge and his paper mache spine signed for nine years and 360 million. Yeah. What are you going to, what are you going to, uh, it's not a, not a great, not a great deal. Um, but uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta pull the trigger, I guess. So you you really kind of have to with Judge with a guy like that, but 
That's not great, but I, I would feel- Is that the greatest you know, contract year in the history of contract drives? Yeah, I guess so. Well, yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. So, but with Bogarts, you know, I, I'm I'm glad the, um, I, I kind of think, I'm kind of of the mind it was, you know, he's a really good player, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So this is funny, it's funny because I, I hate baseball, but I love baseball statistics and kind of the economics of it. So um, the Bogarts deal, I, you know, he's kind of like an all-star level player. At, at that age, what, 29 going on 30. So like, I, I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have signed him. I probably would, I probably wouldn't have done it. So um, it, it felt like the right, it, it, and don't you kind of want to be Tampa Bay? Like, I know that's like, not the thing. Like it's like used as a, as an epithet. They're in it every year. Don't you kind of want, don't you kind of want to be like, have, have a bigger market pocketbook and, but have that kind of approach to it. Like sustainable kind of, model. You're not yeah, going to work. Feels like, the, that feels like what you want. Of- Look what the yeah. Angels have done over the last 15 years. Pool holes, Rendon. Trout's a great player, but he's his contract is prohibitive and he can't stay on the goddamn field. Yeah, if I, I I don't know. Like that's everybody complaining about Bloom makes me think that maybe they're do, he's doing something right, but that's maybe just the contrarian enemy. And and who knows? Maybe he maybe he sucks, but yeah, I think he's I hope he sucks. I hope he sucks. <laughs> There's I, a non-zero chance that uh San Diego imploses under the weight of all this money. The, the Padres have been doing this going back to 1990. They signed Mark Davis, a left-handed reliever who had, you know, 40 or 50 saves with the Royals back when the Royals were kind of a, a, a marquee franchise. But uh, it, it all comes back to baseball, Danny. Um, I did discuss, I posted a little bit a while ago on Twitter. I think it's time to talk about uh, WEI. So, there's going to be some changes at WEI, as you guys may have heard. They're changing the deck chairs on the uh, Titanic at WEI again. Futility Lou Maloney, per some sources, is out. Down, down, down. Christian Farrier is going to middays. And Rich Keefe. Yup, yup. Rich Keefe is going to evenings. Uh, Scarcy, any thoughts on WEI's continued slow sink into the icy Atlantic? I just hope that uh, Megan can hold on to that, uh, you know, piece of uh, flotsam there. <laughs> kicking and flailing away with Mego, you've been fit 37 Megos on that, on that door. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 there was it's, a joke. Okay. I was trying to find one and, you know. Mike came landed. in there. The joke landed. It's a, <laughs> a, assist to Patrick Scartelli. Mike, Mike, when was the last time you actually t- turned on WEA? Uh, so it's funny. I I was in the city yesterday. Um, and, you know, I, I, I listened to, I, I put it on 98.5 um, when I when I listened to. It was uh, on when you got in the car from the Celtics. The no, night before, yeah, right, right. right. Sunday morning, Sunday mornings, I uh, when the Patriots are playing at one o'clock. If the Patriots are coming off of a win, I will. When I'm, you know, cooking, uh, cooking, cooking, preparing food for the game, I'll, I'll listen to the pregame just to get annoyed. Um, but <laughs> EEI, I was in the city um, last couple of days and I did not listen once to it. It's, uh, you know, a, a total disaster, and I'm, I, it, it couldn't happen to a a better group of people and Lou Merloni with his little chipmunk cheap stuffed full of treats um, being shown the door, being broomed out is just, 
it, it gives fills my, my heart grows several sizes this day. Um, and, and, and also, um, iron, how, how dare you with Celine about to, you know, taking the inevitable nap playing this song. Uh, it's, uh, no, it's a nice tribute. I, I shouldn't say that. I know you didn't do it means to be in a mean spirit away. It's a nice tribute to Celine. Shaq, where are you at? Where are you at with, with the WEI thing? I, I mean, it, it's laughable at this point. It's, uh, you know, you never, blah, blah, blah. You never want to see anyone lose their job. By the way, Lou, Lou Maloney, not as being non-tendered or non-renewed. I, I want them to lose their job because they're all <laughs> thrilled when these athletes and yep. these coaches lose their job. So, you know, it, it's eye for an eye, baby. But um, this is a, this is a, uh, this actually Odyssey is, this is the, this is actually a company thing. It's happening across the country around it these Odyssey, Odyssey sports stations, uh, alleged sports stations. So uh, they're having to have a cut costs. And I wonder, <laughs> Lou Maloney, I mean, uh, what kind of cost is that? But I guess they're just trying to scramble. And what's you know, their stock it, price? It's under it 50 a, cents, right? 27 cents. Yeah. Two bits, less yeah. than two bits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 mega Megatron that is uh, nine eight five the Sports Clan is just <laughs> trying to shuffle feathers there, but it's not going to work. It's it, nobody. I don't listen to it because you know podcasts are better. They always have been, and it's 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 crazy. Why they, I don't know what they're trying to do, but it's not going to work. Media Mike Warren Sharp uh, comes out it, again. It makes me think that. Uh, we're on the right side. Uh, we're not the baddies. When Warren Sharp goes on, uh, posts a video on Twitter about misrepresenting kind of statistically what the Patriots are doing on offense. Noted, noted scam to capper, I should say, Warren Sharp. Any thoughts on him, Mike? Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to play the audio now. <laughs> um, yeah. So he, he's, you know, he's saying that they're they're not doing it right by skipping trying to skip third down as if the Patriots are intent the pages are intentionally not trying to get first down I think that's what that means when you're trying to skip third down you're you're getting it on first and second Canadian football, um, right or and he also said or what other teams do if they don't get it on first and second they try to leave themselves with a manageable third down which is I think again a revolution revolutionary approach and, and of course that's what we've kind of been saying here um, all season, you know, leave yourself in a, in a manageable situation. So he's he's trying he's packaging these this this take of the Patriots' inefficiency, um, and it's it, it I think it's just that it's they're just haven't been good at it, right? So uh, and, and he's trying to 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 say that that is some kind of failing of I think uh, tying it back to Belichick and his his choice of offensive coordinators. I mean, I think it's just not very good, but I'll say again, we'll see what happens when they get in good weather um, indoors the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I don't know if the roof's going to be open, but um, in, in good weather, the next couple of weeks, I think even with a shitty line banged up, I think they're going to look okay offensively because it's kind of what they do. I don't know. I, that's what it feels like to me. Agreed. Dan, I know you feel strongly about uh, Warren Sharp. So uh, why don't you, uh, take the anchor position here you know i i, th I think we should save this or, or just revisit this for our next one because this came on just yeah. before we came on and i think yeah. this the whole seven minute clip of this it is so imbecilic <laughs> it's it's the worst analysis i it's 
Shaq, you know, you're on the clock. This, this is our Easter egg today, right? The 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 concept that it, it, Mike said some of it. There's strategy on early downs. You you want to do one of two things. Ideally, you're trying to bypass third downs. Like like this is. I can't get over it. You're you're using your first and second downs to try to skip third downs. Or if that's not where your strategy is, you're trying to set yourself up into third and manageable. Like that's Breer-esque level of insight. It's like Ty Webb telling Danny Noonan, make, make, make your future. It's it, it, it's useless. I started to wonder if the guy's a little touched, you know? He, <laughs> He's playing a character. He's he's playing a character on Twitter, and people, maybe us too, we're are fools for 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 listening to this guy, Tyler Brickner. By the way, his name is not Warren <laughs> Sharp. Yes, thank you, Shaq, on that uh, on that. So uh, we'll have the audio after uh, uh, the Rictator sends us out, guys. Uh, this is good. Uh, I know this podcast is eagerly anticipated in the Merrimack Valley. I hope we delivered the content that was. Uh, being searched for inside the building. Scartelli is the purveyor of the sports drunk drawer. He is at Pat Scartell. Uh, Media Mike is at In This Town One. Dan is at Patriots Daily. Shaq is at Atomic Dog 5150. My name is Mike Irons. I want to thank everyone for listening. And please stay off the pike. Off the pike? And turn off your radio. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team. This is Shaq live from the Entitled Newsroom, interrupting your turning off of this podcast with this breaking news alert. We have obtained an exclusive audio clip from Entitled Town's biggest, most devoted fan, tweeting from his basement, Stevie Leaks. Let's listen in to his latest attempt at a four-down segment. Welcome back to another edition of the Four Downs Remix, brought to you by Patrick Scartelli. Down one, blowing into a device to start my car every day really sucks. Matter of fact, it blows. Shout out to my fellow Goomba. Tony Maserati. Let's suck and blow together, Tone. Down two. Mike Irons and his pretend Twitter brother, John Irons, have apparently been involved in a family squabble that has resulted in the inability to record the latest episode of Entitled Town. Here's to the brothers Irons getting the family right. Down three. Mike from Route 1. F-bombing his way through. Another week after a Patriots loss. Fuck you, motherfucker. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Mac is still not back because Mac was never gone. Also, please refer to Mike Reese for all Patriots news, even though he has become 98.5's personal Patriots media whore bitch. And down four. There really isn't much to say about the fourth down. Other than. Eh. I got nothing. Thanks for coming folks. Hopefully the Patriots don't lose again. 
and we delay recording our podcast under the false pretense of certain members of our crew traveling for work. Until then, have a great weekend, folks.